Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. It's now time for me to tell you what it was like, what happened, and what I'm like now, including how and why I stay abstinent today. And I am Judy McGar, um, compulsive overeater, bulimic, purge, not purge, anorexic. So, Anyhow, I want to thank Deborah for asking me to come tonight and share with you uh, what it was like. I, you know, I, I have a physical allergy. I have a spiritual malady. I have an obsession of the mind and a, a compulsion. Um, my relationship with food, regardless, I believe, of my family of origin and everything that was going on in my environment is just I was like that from the gate. You know, I was obsessed as a little kid, uh, just obsessed, you know, what I was putting in my body, um, preoccupied. And and this is, you know, one thing about how and why I stay abstinent today, because I don't want to be preoccupied. I don't want to not be here. And when I was in the food or the diet or the anorexia or the going to the gym or losing weight or looking at my body obsessively, I was not here not really here. And uh, today I'm here. And that's a that's a wonderful miracle. And I want to thank Deborah for asking me to come tonight. Um, we talk on the phone weekly for many, many, many years, most weeks in every year. And uh, a couple other people here tonight and someone else that I talk to, and we go to meetings together. And, you know, I just feel so blessed to to be here today because, you know, when I was little, I would just like, I, I've used this example before because it sort of illustrates, you know, as a little kid, they would have a bake sale and I would behave. It was the only time I really was like really good at school, like the month before, because if you got in trouble, you weren't allowed to buy anything. And I would like save up for this bake sale. And I was like the best kid. Otherwise, like especially Halloween, you know, I, I had those Halloween pumpkin glasses and I'd turn them upside down behind the teacher's back and get in big trouble, you know, and Halloween was a big one, but, <laughs> but, you know, I would really behave for like an entire month. And then, and then there were certain things that the intensity of my obsession with the food item was like be, beyond like a normal kid. And I would just be thinking about that. And if I'm just only good, and then if she calls on me, like the order, cause if somebody doesn't buy that, then I'll buy it. And then life will just, life would be complete. You know, and that's what my whole and that's like a little kid, an innocent little kid. So, you know, and, and I was also very spiritual when I was little. I was always putting spiritual altars in my room. And but then I would be making a, a, a salad dressing underneath my bed with hard candies that I thought would really make that salad. And I'm talking I'm eight years old. This is like odd. <laughs> And I had a salad dressing and then I would take it to the family. Oh, the salad dressing I made, I think it's going to just, you know, euphoria. That's what I was looking for with the food. But then there would always be the downside. So, you know, fast forward, this has just happened. You know, I went to Penn State, Penn State University. I have this wonderful boyfriend. 
the biggest fights we got in were over. He ate all the cookies in the holidays. And these were big arguments, you know, just the obsession compulsion. But I was very religious as well. I just didn't know I had an eating disorder. So, you know, fast forward, that's kind of what it was like. I moved to California. I have a little family. I have everything on the outside that, you know, things people should have, but but I'm in the food, you know, I'm, I'm in all the range of the eating disorder. And I had a wonderful woman come to me and 12 step me. And she said to me, uh, you know, this is what happened. She said, she said, uh, what are you doing at night? And, oh, I just knew she knew. I mean, she she was really overweight. Like she she was like a 300 pounder, became a 100 pounder and then left the program many, many years ago. And this was in 1979. Um, and I was just, I was just busted. You know, I, I told her what I was doing and I was, you know, just in the food. And um, she brought me to sundowners over there at Cedars. And uh, so I came in and but I never conceded to my innermost self that I was a compulsive reader and that my life was unmanageable and came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity because I never really got step one when I came in originally. And I really believed I thought, OK, you know, I'm highly trained. I, I can think my way out of this. And that is not what happened. Uh you know, I came here, I, I didn't do a four step. I, I thought, oh, that's kind of private, you know. That's five minutes, Judy. Th that's five? Okay. So, you know, I'm thinking, oh, that's so private. And, and how if I just, you know, go to meetings occasionally and this probably will do the trick. Well, I didn't know it, but, you know, I'm bouncing back from diet programs and just, again, obsessed with my body and um, not as present as I'd like to be in my life when I look back at those times. And uh, and I I was and what happened to me and I, I don't know I, what happened to me is I was drinking Sauterne when I was reading the big book because I was, of course, on a diet and I'd read that book book and I'd report to her. I'd be like, you know, I'm reading that book, but I fall asleep and she'd go, well, why? And I'd be like, well, because I'm drinking saw so turn to kind of take the edge off of the reading. <laughs> so I, I, got, I got sober, you know, I have 37 years now of sobriety, but I also got sober back then too. I haven't had a drink since 1979, but then again, because the disease is cunning, baffling and powerful. What I did is I used other things to take the edge off of it. So if you get the picture, get the, take the edge off of life on life's terms, basically. That was what food did. My relationship with food was about medicating life on life's terms. I just couldn't accept it. You know, I was always, I would pray, you know, pray, pray as a kid, you know, shape these people up. Come on, you know, look, get on it. Come on, shape, shape this person up, you know. And when I came to the program, I was dragging family members to the program. I was trying to get the whole world sober. Anyhow, so 36 and a half years ago in OA, you know, I have time in AA, some time, and I'm still sober. Thank God, one day at a time. In December, I'll have 37 years of continuous abstinence in this program. Well, let's see what happened. The steps, the concepts, the traditions, a sponsor, prayer, meditation, daily reprieve, one day at a time, not getting ahead of myself, 
reaching out. There's to me this program, the miracles of this program. And by the way, I've had a I've had a, a commitment almost since I walked in the doors. The first one I came in, I was like, "Oh, that's okay. I, I won't have a commitment." <laughs> I, I didn't get the point. And but then since after six months, I've had a commitment. And to me, those commitments are so important. You know, I still have commitments at meetings and it just keeps you grounded and commitments to talk to the women I sponsor. And um, anyhow, so I did turn my will and my life over to the care of God. And I got that first step. It's like, oh, my God, I've been unmanageable all this time. You know, that's what I love about the eating disorder, that if I don't identify as a compulsive overeater one day at a time, I will definitely forget. I'm not the kind that like, that's something I won't hang on to. And by the way, I have a memory, like people cannot believe my memory. I can't believe my memory. I'll be like, yeah, I remember when you were little and you wore those white shoes and you had that hat on. And then you said, and people will be like, what? You know, that's the downside for my family too. Cause I do remember so many things, but man, I will forget I'm a compulsive overeater, you know, so I'm powerless over, my relationship with food, it transferred into every other area of my life. Um, if I wasn't taking care of myself and my body, then I wasn't taking care of my life in a way in which I needed to. Um, I've done many, many four steps. Not everybody has to do that. I have because more was revealed to me along the lines. Um, you know, I've had a sponsor throughout this time. I've had sponsors die. I've had sponsors uh, my first sponsor let me go. Um, uh, it, that's okay. I, I just got a new sponsor. I mean, I had one sponsor. Uh, I was in Korea at a family wedding and I called a sponsor and the sponsor wasn't calling me back and it's tomorrow in Korea. So my food was like, I don't want to lose my abstinence, uh, you know, at a wedding here in Korea. And so uh, I thought, okay, you need somebody that's available, you know, and not like 24 seven, but, you know, when, when, when I call people back, I just do, that's how I was trained, call them back. You know, I'm the contact number in this meeting that actually I started about three months ago and people call me from all over the world. You know, I'm coming to LA and what about your meeting? And I call them back. And, you know, what it does to me is like when I got on this meeting tonight, all of a sudden I feel connected. I feel like I'm with you. I'm part of you. We all identify. You know what it's like. I mean, you know what it's like on some level, me at three o'clock in the morning in the refrigerator crying because I want food to fix me before I got abstinent and thinking like it's three in the morning. I have to something in here is going to make me feel better. Eight minutes left, Judy. I'm sorry. Eight minutes left. Okay. You know, like when I was crying in the refrigerator, uh, and I I have a relationship with my ex-husband. You know, we we all had dinner, uh, the family. I mean, this family is just a bunch of mutts. You know, we're from all sorts of, I mean, every variation of blended families. And we had dinner a couple weeks ago together with a bunch of the family members, my ex-husband. But when I would get up at night, when I was in the disease at three in the morning and eat, what I really needed to do is get divorced. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, when I when I put down the when I put down the food, I put down a lot of other things, and because it transfers, 
you know, um, six and seven, I love. I love step six and seven because if I am able to become willing to be willing to be willing to see what's going on, if I want to decide I'm going to add something to my abstinence or do something like if I start not, well, I, I love my body. I'm, I'll be 70 in May, but I love my old body. I just do. I mean, it's, 70. You know, if you think of a car born in 1952, think of a car, 1952. It's pretty, pretty rusty. It's got some, got some creaks in it. That's me. But when I was young, I didn't, I was like, oh, always trying to, you know, something better, something different. And I don't feel that way today. I, I just love life. I love the program. There is to me, like during this time and during this time, um, when I was told uh, to, to, I don't know, what was it, a year and eight months ago, and I'm not going to use any outside, I won't talk about any outside issues, but I was told to stay at home <laughs> and not be around people I love. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was at the heart of my disorder. I just wanted to be by myself in whatever. And so when that happened, the miracle, the program, like people getting together and zoom and everything else. And uh, I had a birthday and people in the program drove past my house in a car and put balloons up. Um, my husband uh, had a stroke last year. Now, my husband is like he eats lentils, just like naturally. I do not. He does. I'm not saying anything bad about lentils. I give him credit. He loves lentils. Rice, you know, um, is so healthy. He rides his bike to work and back. He rides 50 miles to, he rides to San Diego's bike, right, this guy. So one day, you know, here I am, it just it's like I got up early in the morning. I, I was supposed to have a procedure, just like a routine procedure you do at my age. And I told the doctor, this is where intuitively know how to handle situations. I said to the doctor, I don't feel good about doing it right now. Let's wait till January. And I thank God because I was home early around that same time. They wanted me to have this procedure and it got up early, seven o'clock in the morning. I hear a bookshelf fall and it's my husband. And he had a, a cerebral uh, in his cerebellum. So you get dizzy and you just pet, you just plank, you know, you don't have like, uh, you don't get numb or anything. Couldn't walk, couldn't talk, couldn't see. Paramedics were there in four minutes. Angels in that emergency room, angels. I, you know, it's COVID. I can't go in. This this guy, the security guard, was an angel. He kept checking on me. He let me go go back there, all masked up and everything. The hospital employees, the kindness, the angels, the people from the program that came and put food on my doorstep. I couldn't have my adult children be with me because nobody could come, or it could not be good. Not once did I want to compulsively overeat. Every night, every night. That same night, you know, how, how it was, three o'clock in the morning, I'm up crying at the refrigerator because I have an eating disorder. So fast forward, 
to to this last year when he had the stroke. And it's three in the morning, and I know I'm in God's hands. And that's because of you. You know, the prayer, the meditation, the faith, the the kind of friendship we have, how we're there for each other in ways in which are beyond our wildest dreams. If we, if so, so, you know, he's, he's okay. Now he rides his bike back to work. You know, um, I, we've, we've both had to learn how to adjust our lives quite a bit to this whole situation, but he's here. Uh, he's alive. He's my best friend. Um, you know, I just feel so blessed and the prayer and the meditation and every morning what I do is I, you know, I do 10 steps. I call my sponsor with them. I, every morning I get up, first thing I do, I put my coffee on. I have a little puppy now. He's a real hoot. Um, he's five months old now. Um, yeah. I chase him around a lot. I get a lot of exercise these days. Um, so you know, I get up, I let him out. I say, I say my prayers. I meditate. I read my literature. I get my day started. have a little something, my coffee, go out in the backyard, look around, call sponsors or people. I return calls today, 12 step calls. I have a friend. It's not feeling well. Now I call her every day. We talk, I kind of tuck her in at night. She's not feeling great. You know, the gifts of these program it beyond our wildest dreams, I believe. And it's all my, about my relationship really at the core of it with food, you know, food. Why would I hurt myself when there's so many other things to do? You know, I've, I've talked about this as well. We had a, something happen and the program always tells us, you know, oh, if you don't, you know, it's okay if you don't want a meeting because that means you need a meeting. So go to a meeting. You know, we're taught opposite action. Like, oh, what? Really? What are you talking about? We're taught about opposite action. Oh, you don't want to answer that newcomer's call? Answer it. You don't want to call that person? Give them a call. <laughs> you know, I had a situation a few months ago where somebody kept asking me to do favors for the person. I kept doing the favors. I didn't want to do the favors. I did the favors. And then things kind of fell apart and I, for this person. And then I thought, thank God I did the favors. Thank God I showed up. That's what we're taught. Just be of service. You know, it's pretty simple. Carry the message, be of service, you know? And, and I just feel so blessed that I, that I know how to do that today. I just know how to show up. You know, I, I, uh, a couple of three years ago, I was having a hard time things were going on in the family couldn't understand what was going on i thought what's the it what would be the weirdest thing for you to do what well how could you show up in a way in which just is absolutely the opposite of who you are what you are how you think who you think you are and i signed up at santa monica college and i learned to speak write and read korean well this was hysterical I got up every morning early. I showed up at Santa Monica College. People were like real merciful to me because I was the uh, non-traditional learner, meaning elderly, but they weren't allowed to say that. That's it, everybody was so kind to me. There's always a way. I find always a way with the program and your help. And that's it. That's it. 